Hi, welcome to this episode of Real Impact. I remain your regular host, Chikelama Dele, and tonight we are going to be discussing with Olade Major Luti Mehin, the initiator and convener of the Truly Human Startup Academy. He is going to be talking about the differences between the Truly Human Leadership and management principles. What are these differences? How are businesses run? How can businesses run better? Why are businesses still focusing on management principles when there is a better when there is a better concept for running businesses that will actually give you much bigger profit? What can businesses do to get better? These and much more are issues we are going to be discussing in this particular podcast today with Aladimeji. So I want you to just relax and ask yourself. How can I do business better in this year 2022? Even as we jump right in to the podcast for today. Listen. Hello, Aladimeji. Welcome to Real Impact. Yeah, good evening. So sorry, we are uh, glad to be here. Yeah, a few minutes. Yeah, sorry, we are a few minutes behind schedule, network uh, challenges, and all. So today, we are back again with another very interesting episode. Discussing leadership, truly human leadership, in contrast with management, management principles, management techniques. What's the contrast between truly human leadership and management principles? Are they the same thing? Are they similar in certain ways? Who are the completely different concepts altogether? So together, why aren't organizations applying truly human leadership concepts in their organizations instead of following conventional management principles that have been set up decades and generations before now? So these are some of the questions we are going to be answering in this particular episode on real impact and we have the truly human concept expert with us again Ola Dimejiolua Ola Timehi mm, I'm getting I'm getting I'm really really getting that name I'm going to get it okay Ola let's let's jump right in let's jump right in let's look at um no. Let's look at the management principles and management principles. You are very much conversant with the management principles, right? Like I'm talking about the major ones. Management principles. I am sure you're very much familiar with those too. Yeah, I can hear you. Hello, can you hear me? 
Okay, so let's start. Let's start. Let's start with management principles. Let's talk about management for a bit. What do you think yeah. management is? You know, if we go back uh, in history, uh, one of the things that there was this particular argument that leaders are actually born. You get me? They are not nurtured. They are. So the concept is, if you were not born a leader, you are actually not. You can't be a leader. So, and uh, that framework, that definition of leadership was actually from management because managers have always been. So they determine how organizations should be. Unfortunately, their definition of leadership has to do with position. So, for instance, if you are not part of the management, you are not seen as a leader. So you have to wait your turn until you actually rise to the management position before you are seen as a leader. So almost all principles and all the tools that are used in business, they are actually defined from a management point of view. So and management it's let's just manage anything so inclusive of people so that's why you find when you go back you discover that humans are called resource and when you did economics because economics actually understand management more humans are called one of the uh, what do they call it now uh, the tools of labor. You get me? Okay. You use it, yes. So it's part of the production. You, you get me? That you produce something. So uh, humans are part of it. So when you begin to look at that, humans are seen as things because management, you can only manage things. So the best thing is let's turn people into things that we can manage. So how do we come across this? When you go back again, you'll find out that employment okay. before now wasn't about you work. It actually was more or less like slave slavery. You don't have money, so you come and work for me. I see you as one of the things. So we need to manage people. So unfortunately, uh, that particular lie about people has overlived its time that till today a lot of people's mindset has been so constrained so constrained to conform to the fact that they see people as things i remember i wrote about job description and uh, i know what people said that if you allow people to do whatever they want to do there will actually be a lot of chaos You know, I began to look at, don't you believe that humans can actually be rational? You you get me? Because if you say you have to tell humans to do things, it's just like you need to program a robot. You get me? So most people in management actually see people as things. 
that should be managed. So when you look at all management principles, they are actually built on the fact that all humans are things. The only thing is this is just like animal farm. All humans are equal, but some are more equal than the other. You, you get me? So you uh-huh. are a thing until you rise up in the management cadre and you get to the management level. When you are at the management level, maybe C-level, at that particular point, you are no longer a thing. You are now a human. You, you get me? That is the way uh, management has actually defined business. Now, that doesn't mean that some of the uh, principles and the tools of management are not really needed in business today. They are. But all that needs to be done is a little tweaking, you get me, that we could begin to see people as humans, not as things or resources to be managed. They are assets, you get me. So which means you can add value to them and they can produce a lot. Okay, so let let's let let's let's define management according to you. How do you define management? I know we are I'm driving I'm driving towards a point, but mm. you have said some you have made some very striking statements that uh, management manages things. Yeah. So ma- management is all about control. It's all about how do you control things as objects. Yes. Uh, that's why it's all about control. When you talk okay. management, you're okay. talking about control. You control everything so that you can get an end. You get me an outcome. Now, that particular outcome in business is called the bottom line. You get me? And yes. the bottom line is profit. So every other thing you have, the human resource, the capital resource, the um, uh, material resource, all of those things are brought together in a controlled way so that they can be put to use and at the end of the day, they can produce an outcome. You get it? That is desired. So if you don't produce that particular outcome, then you come and you will be maybe given a query and ask, okay, because they will tell you when you get a job, the job comes with a title. Now, that particular title comes with a job description. Now, the essence of the job description is this. The manager have actually sat down, if we do this and this and this and this, we're going to get this particular result. So we decide this is what this position does. This is what that position does. If everybody does what they are told to do, then definitely we're going to have this certain result. So if you don't do that, then the next thing is this. We need to question why he didn't do it. And if he doesn't do it and we're still not getting the results, then we need to fire him. Mm. Then we be in that can actually do. You see, most okay. times there's this other factor. So we'll, say that, so we'll say that management is always looking for him to blame when something goes wrong. Yeah, management focuses on the wrong things you do. Yeah, you get me? They are looking for people that are doing the wrong thing. They are not looking for people that are doing the right thing. 
So that's why they hardly, they hardly uh, celebrate or recognize when you do good. Some people may have done good things. They take it for granted. Until you do one bad thing, you may do 10 good things. Everything is going all right. Then one day you do one bad thing that produced the bad result, then you are punished for that bad thing. But nobody celebrates you and recognize you for all the good things you've done, you, you've done. Because management is always looking for to catch you doing the wrong thing. It is a mindset. Hmm. So let's demystify this. So are we saying that the five functions of management, which includes planning, controlling, directing, staffing, um, uh, managing, no they are not you you get me management is completely it is needed in business planning is needed in business or controlling is needed in business but the only thing is this don't bring people into that mix You, you get me you don't bring people into that mix people are human if you want to get the best of human look at all the organizations uh, that have been and even are today. Anyone is actually that is management based, they don't really get all the potential of their people. Because the moment you see people as things and you tell them what to do, you can never get the best from them. Mm. Pe- people, people, if you want the best from people, create the environment. And just allow them be. Let them do the things they love doing. So what are we saying we should we should we should we should completely erode the job description system and just yeah. employ people into organizations without job descriptions? An example I can actually give you is I listened to a podcast by John C. Maxwell. And he actually said that, that in his organization, they don't do job description. And you know, John C. Maxwell is a leadership person. He has a leadership mindset. Now, yeah. most people that are leaders, they have a management mindset. That was why mm-hmm. I said you have managers in leaders' clothing. But the thing is this, they are still managers because they have that particular mindset. So he said he runs his organization without a job description. That what he does is he runs it in terms of giftedness. You get me? That is to say he runs it in terms of their unique capability. Now, when you look at Apple, what Steve Jobs did is this. He run Apple based on collaborations. I call it the unique capability collaborations. And how did he do that? Let's say he's creating the iPhone. He divided the iPhone into different components, including the software and the antenna and so on. Now he now picked different people with passion. You get me? Passion for each one of this and he put them in a team. And in that particular team, they have their uniqueness, their unique capability. So they bring that particular skill set to that particular thing. So nobody is actually idle. Everybody is making contributions. So at the end of the day, 
Apple is actually growing. And that is the same thing that Tim Cook is actually doing that is taking Apple to the level it is. Two point something trillion dollars in valuation. I mean, that is one company that is putting that. Even, uh, what do you call them? Google is actually following in that same. Google have a day where they jettison the job description. Do whatsoever you love and whatsoever you are passionate about. And guess what? Almost all the products of Google that are actually working comes from that particular day. Not the other day when they have the job description. So you want the best from people? Remove the job description and just create a team where everybody collaborates. So that is basically leadership, not management. Hello? Okay. Okay, so how can we create how can what, what kind of recruitment system should we now adopt that will truly reflect the, uh, the the potentials of people and have our employees give value to the organization. Now, like uh I'll give an instance with uh Barry Waymiller where Bob Chapman is actually the CEO. Yeah. You see, what he said was this, that they don't just, you know, when they are recruiting, their focus is not actually the people. Their focus is more or less the boss and also the fuel and the driver. They said that is a key important thing. The boss is the business model. They must make sure they have
இது okay welcome back yeah <laughs> so uh so are you with me okay what is the real apology about the uh, the glitch we had in the other so let's proceed we are talking about i was trying to ask uh, how then do we conduct our recruitment such that it will be void of job descriptions at the same time give uh, employees a sense of purpose a sense of responsibility because i believe that's what the job description is supposed to achieve give the give the employees a sense of responsibility so how then can recruitment give these purposes and still derive value at the end of the day yeah when when recruiting uh, you know when you look at management if management is recruiting one of the key emphasis of management recruitment is uh, how much you're going to be paid and also mm-hmm. uh, uh the the benefits that come with having that particular position so which is a carrot you get me they are trying to carrot at you so that you can come in but you see when leaders are trying to recruit leaders don't actually look at what you be paid in most cases leaders may not even pay you that much because when you're working with a leader you get to be inspired you, you get me but management will throw that at you you get to work and uh, you may not even be fulfilled you actually be stressed out but the thing mm-hmm. is this you know you are being paid well so at the end of the day even when you are not treated well you tell the person see where again can i get this particular pay so most people don't like their jobs you you get me because that is the essence of management recruitment you we don't care whether you like the job but we'll pay you well but see when it comes to the right way of employment the people need to have passion for the job i always give example with apple you you get me apple uh-huh. pushes people steve jobs was somebody that if you read his biography you get to understand that he pushes people and we've not heard of anyone that actually left apple because of stress or because of anything you get they love their their job because before you're employed in apple then you have to be using the product so you have to fall in love with the company you have to fall in love with what they are doing so recruitment in the human side has to do with passion and you get me when you are passionate about something you are inspired and the moment you are inspired you don't need anybody to motivate you because motivation comes with inspiration but the only time you need someone to motivate you is if you are not passionate about something do you, do you get it 
Okay. 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 So I know a couple of organizations that actually recruit now, not based on what you read in school, not based on your certificate. Even uh, Google is actually getting to that particular point where they don't care what you uh, read in school. Once you are passionate about what they have, they have a culture and they have a system in place to equip you with the right skill to do whatsoever to collaborate with other people in the workplace. So, but they need you to be passionate about that. So that passion brings out our humanity. You get me? And when you are passionate about something, it is easier to unleash your potential and your ingenuity. Okay. So, um, so, when recruiting now, um, most organizations when most organizations want to recruit people that already know what they are about to do, so it takes away from the organization the burden of getting to train, because of course you know training people to become something or to know how to do certain things uh, is is cost effective. The organization. So some organizations don't want to bear that cost of getting to train people on the products or on the products and the services that they produce. Now they want to recruit people that are already experts in that particular field. So don't you yeah, okay. think don't you think getting to recruit people based on just passion would somehow Affect because of course every business is set up for the purpose of bottom line. So don't mm. you think if you recruit people based on just passion and not based on their skill or their specialization, which brings about job description, will affect the bottom line of the organization in the immediate. Now, when when you said in the immediate, so yeah. but the thing is this. Most uh, truly human companies or are companies of leaders. And the thing is this, they are focused, they play what uh, Simon Sinek called the infinite game. You get me? A game that yeah. never ends. So you are not playing because you want to win today. You're playing because you want to win over the long run. So, which means the way you treat your people is actually very important. Um, most companies, you, you get me, that have, that are actually making, let's say, the bottom line, that are making tons of profits, that are valued in trillions of dollars, are, are actually businesses that have their own university. Okay. And the purpose of and those particular universities they have, like Barry Way Miller has his own university, and the lecturers there are their people. You, you get me? Okay. But they have professors heading that particular university. Apple has its own university. When it was building its new 
uh, HQ, they had a place for the university and they recruit a university professor to be there in the university. And then in that particular university, anyone, any skill that you feel you want to learn, Apple, you can go there and learn. if it's carpentry, go there and learn it. You know, why is it so? Because Steve Jobs, if Steve Jobs had not entered into a class where they were doing uh, calligraphy, he wouldn't have developed the the image, the G- GUI, graphic user interface, of yeah. their Mac. You get it. So from there, he understood. See, you can teach people anything, whatsoever they want, whether it's how to play music and so on, and still be relevant in your business. The key thing is this. How do we get to unleash the potential of people? Not tell people what to do. Management tells people what to do where leaders unleash their potential. Leaders trust in the good of people, that people are rational human humans, and they can, when you give them the right environment, they can actually give you back much more than you expect. Okay. 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 Wow. This is this is this is this is truly very interesting. Let's do it. Let's let's do it. let's let's do a juxtaposing. Let's juxtapose this now. Let's do a contrast. A contrast juxtaposing. Okay. Let's say management is this, and truly human concept is this. Management is this. Our management does this, whereas truly human concept does this. Can we do that contrast right now? Yeah. There there are quite a number of things. You get me? Okay. Take for instance, you said with yourself that managers actually care about the bottom line. You get me? And yes. to them, the bottom line is a profit. Mm-hmm. Because when I posted about the job description, somebody, a HR person told me, it's actually, nobody starts a business and care about the people. All the person cares about is the profit. You get me? The profit is the bottom line. You know, my reply to that person, the profit, the people are the top line and the people are the bottom line to a truly human leader. You get me? Because the people are the product. Uh, profit is a byproduct of treating your people right. You see, this is in the human potential that humans can actually create a new world when when they unleash their potential. So I am sure some HR managers right now would have their guns pointed straight at you and ready to shoot you. (laughs) Yeah, because they have a management mindset. And when they talk about leadership, they are talking about leadership from a a management point of view, not from a leader's. You get me. So, uh, if you look again, managers use control, but leaders actually give freedom. Hi, it's hard for you to hear a manager talk about freedom. A manager is always talking about control. How do you control people? How do you get them to do the things you want them to do? 
you know, like somebody defined leadership as leadership is telling people to do what they need to do so that they will like doing it. But that is not leadership. Leadership is simply um, inspiring people to be more, to do more, to become more, to learn more. You get me? So that yeah. they can, they will be the one to do more. It's not you controlling them. So once we bring control into it, telling people what they do, it's no longer leadership, it's actually management. Then again, managers use people so that people can to achieve success for another person. But that is not what truly human leaders do. Truly human leaders actually release people, help people, empower people to succeed. Because when people are succeeding, then the cumulative success of these people actually become the success of the organization. So it is, you, you find most organizations where the owner is actually rich, you, you get me. But the uh-huh. people that are creating value within the organizations are actually barely getting by. Uh. Because value is not created. Management creates value for only the owner and the customer and also the shareholder. But a truly human leader creates value for every single person, starting with the employee. You see, management only see the employee as a tool to achieve my aim. So why should I create value for him? After all, there's this, I pay him. You get me? But when you, and this particular worldview has its own effect on the employee side. You get me? Maybe one day we'll look at things from the employee side. You get me? How the employee respond or react to either management or to leadership. Mm-hmm. So again, when you look at managers, you get me, they view mm-hmm. people as resources. But leaders view people as potential. Yeah. You get me, they see the potential in people and they believe in that particular potential because when you believe in the potential of somebody, then the person will unleash that particular potential. But first of all, there has to be that belief. Managers are good predictors. They will look at different events. You get me? Different circumstances. They will do a survey and so on. And they will predict how the future will be. You get me? Most times their prediction will come right. But then leaders don't make predictions. Leaders create the future. Because a leader sees that particular future by a vision. Now, a leader may decide, okay, uh, by in the United States, the black will always remain second-class citizens. Nobody ever saw that somebody like Martin Luther King Jr. will actually come around with a vision that will even get a black man to become the president of the United States. You see, mm-hmm. they were doing their predictions, but he was doing his creation. So leaders are always creating, but managers are always 
predicting. Also, on that same vein, when you look at it, managers are only maintenance of value. When you have managers in your organization, then don't expect that you actually have new forms of value. Look at Steve Jobs and look at uh, Tim Cook. Now, Steve mm. Jobs is a leader. You, you get me? Tim Cook uh. is a manager. That's why he handled the operation so well. During Steve Jobs, what happened? Uh, they were creating different forms of value. Value creation was happening. Tim Cook, you get me? It is exactly uh. what Steve Jobs have created that he is running with. It, what, okay. what he is, you get me, is extracting a lot of value from what Steve Jobs created. That's why people will tell you there have been no innovation, there have been no value created since uh, Tim got in. But Tim understand how to extract, how to maintain what is there and extract maximum value from it. If Steve Jobs were alive, Apple may have been worth much more. You get me? Because it would have been creating more products that would have been mm. putting up. So, um, managers are maintainers of value. When you look at the Nigerian system, you, you get me? Why is it that with all that, the way we are, we always say we have leaders and so on. But all that from 1960 till date, we have not really created any value. We've been dependent on the oil. And you get me. Apart from the oil, there's nothing more. Okay, if we talk of agriculture, what do we do in agriculture? It's just the primary uh, products that we are producing. So that is not actually creating value. All you need to do is clear a farm, plant a seed, rain comes, uh, um, weed it, then wait, then at the end of the time, you call, you now harvest. Then you put them in sacks, and that's all. You get me? There's no creation of value because all of us have management mindset. So by the time you come in and you're trying to create value, the manager will look at you because anytime you create value, you are going to challenge the status quo. And when you try challenging status quo, the manager will fight you. Because the status quo is what he depends on. The status quo is what he maintains. The status quo is what he looks forward to. Then here you are creating value that challenges the status quo. Who are you? So those are uh, some brief, uh, this thing I will say, of the difference between, the contrast between a manager and also a truly human leader. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Wow, this is, this is, this is, this is really, really, really this is really mind-blowing. This is really mind-blowing. So I'm sure wherever each other managers are right now, uh, will listen, they'll, they'll, they'll listen to this they will have lots of other questions they'll have lots of other questions but I am sure we will, wrap, we will direct those questions 
in time. They will direct those questions and get to answer some of those questions that HR managers will be asking as soon as they, they hear or they listen to this uh, particular podcast. Thank you so much, uh, Ola, for, for being here on this particular edition today. We are still going to be digging into other parts of organizational leadership and the truly human leadership. And we are going to explore truly human leadership in politics, in the educational world, in because I, I believe it's a concept that cuts across practically all facets of human life and human existence. And uh, we're going to be exploring them bit by bit, one after the other, until we have seen the full length and breadth, if there is actually a full length and breadth of the truly human uh, concept. <laughs> so I really want to say a big thank you for being here on this particular podcast today. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Tell us more. Uh, about the, uh, we are set to launch in this February. Just tell us a bit about the Truly Human Academy. Yeah, uh, you know, we the Truly Human concept, we have a concept in business, we have a concept in school. Right now, we are running that particular concept in school. Now, we do understand that it is very difficult to teach an old elephant to dance. You get me. Established companies, if you tell them this, it is hard for them to actually make a turnaround. It could be disruptive. So we're looking at okay, this particular thing work, and it can quickly turn around a business. So why don't we go and start creating new forms of businesses that will have new business models that are truly human? You get me because. The truly human business model, truly human leadership, truly human culture, they are all uh, pillars of the truly human company. So let's start a business from scratch. Let's incubate businesses that can actually have run on this particular engine, a truly human business model, and also run on the premium fuel of truly human culture and then have a driver who is a truly human leader run this particular business. So we started a truly human startup academy to handle that, that. So that anyone that wants to start a business and when you're starting the business, you need to have, you need to understand the infinite game. You you get me? So all of those things are taught. You don't look at, I want to be rich. You look at what cause is this business advancing in the world. So you need to identify your cause. You need to identify the purpose. You need to identify different things. You get me? So that within three months, you will have tested your uh, value proposition to your customers, to your employee, and also if they are investors, You'll have tested it, and then you'll have had product to market fit in three months. It may take longer than that, but the basics, you get me? We yeah. Because when you start a business, there are a lot of risk to it, and there are a lot of uncertainty. Now, anyone yeah. that gives you money to start such a business, that person is actually investing in risk, 
and also investing in uncertainty. So at the end of the day, if the business doesn't go well, then the person is actually at fault. So through the academy, we want to help businesses reduce the risk and then minimize uncertainty. When these things are minimized, you find out that it's easier for the business to get to the point of scaling. So we want to get businesses to that particular place of scaling, but those businesses have to be truly human companies. Okay, so when when are we set to start? Yeah, we have some uh, people that we start with uh, on Tuesday, which is 1st of February. Okay, so already the Truly Human uh, Startup Academy has already hit the ground. Yes, of course. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, thank you very much, Ola, for being here with us once again tonight. We'll see you some other time. Okay, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Welcome back. I'm sure we all enjoyed that particular conversation with Ola Dimeji. And uh, if you have questions, please send in your questions to my email address, chikalamad at gmail.com or you can click you can simply drop a message on this podcast today and it will be answered i want to appreciate each and every one of you for taking out time to listen to my podcasts they really you guys really really are the ones rocking my world and you are the reason why i want to keep publishing more and more every time i want to say a very big thank you and god bless you <music>